Hello, this is Alan Shipnuck back for another podcast for The Knockdown. Thanks, as always, for listening. Uh, I truly appreciate the support. I'm delighted to get a little estrogen in this series with uh, the woman across from me, Jane Park, LPGA veteran, one of my favorite people in all of golf, and I think a lot of Twitter followers and fellow LPGA competitors would agree with that. Just to set the scene, uh, we're in Carlsbad, California, sitting on the front porch of this uh, little stucco tracked house that you've rented um, a room in for the week along with your new husband. It's quite a it's quite a suburban scene here. I like it. So you got hitched in the off season. I did. How's married life? It's good so far. Um, we uh, we've been together for five years and we've been living together for uh, three of them. So we're we were pretty much married before. So nothing nothing too drastically too much uh, has changed. So you, you kind of kept it on the down low. I didn't I didn't see any wedding photos on social media. Um, you only follow me on. Twitter, I believe. Right? Oh, that's my fault. Yeah, that's your fault. I put it on Facebook. Uh, I might not have put it on Instagram, but yeah, I put it on Facebook just so that I can keep it personal because my Facebook is more for my personal use, not really for um, for uh, for golf. So, um, but yeah, that's your fault. <laughs> you need to get on get on my Facebook. All right. Well, see, I'm the same way. I like. I have maybe 300 Facebook friends. It's just all, it's very close. It's kid photos and stuff like that. And Twitter's all golf. I need to find you on Facebook. Okay. We need to. You want to see my kid photos? Yes, absolutely. Okay, we can do that. (laughs) So which, which LPGA colleagues attended the wedding? Um, I actually, none of them. I actually did it at City Hall. Wow. Yes. Um, we So uh, my husband is from um, the UK, so his family is in London, and my family uh, it lives in California here, just up the road, um, and we live in Atlanta, Georgia, so uh, we got hit, we got engaged just before Thanksgiving, and we didn't even know where to start planning or when to start planning or what even the first step was, so we figured, you know what, screw it, let's just let's just get hitched at city hall. And we loved the idea. It was, it was, uh, it was pretty random. And, uh, we had one, uh, one couple there with their kid that made it. And it's, a, it's actually a friend of Pete's from when he, uh, played golf back in the UK, um, as a junior. So they were there, they made it, uh, they fought the traffic and they got there just as the judge was about to call us into the courtroom and um, I bought a dress the day before for $60 off the rack. Um, it looked amazing. Um, you were so low maintenance. I'm very low maintenance. <laughs> and uh, Pete, actually, he bought a suit, and uh, his cost about $500. Damn. So I said, who's he blew the whole. <laughs> he blew the whole budget. <laughs> yeah, it's fine, though. I mean, the marriage license cost $66, and... Um, and that was honestly the only cost, um, other than him buying a suit and me buying a dress and a pair of shoes. And we did it at city hall and it was over in three minutes and we're married. Were you surrounded by all these random strangers? We got married with 30 other couples. It was fantastic. Like it was like a simulcast? It was, it, yes. So there were about 30 couples and there were three, <laughs> three courtrooms and the judge walked in and he was about a half hour late and he said, sorry, I was giving out arrest warrants. So I had to, it took a little bit of my time, but I'm here now and let's, let's get married. So he um, separated us into three different groups 
and uh, he just read the the whole spiel and and then uh, said, now from the state of Georgia, I now pronounce you husband and wife. And we kissed, and I was in there with 10 other people that I'll probably never see again. So, <laughs> When he separates so. you into groups, is that based on looks, or how did he do that? No, I think it. We got there kind of late-ish, so we got we were in the last group. So, but uh, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't miss that. That would have been that would have been bad. But with the, uh, this was the day before we were leaving for Australia. Yeah. So it was it was impromptu, but it's it, I wouldn't I wouldn't have done it any other way. That's great. That's I my style. <laughs> so so now Pete's he's been a long time caddy on tour and. Yes. He, he packed a couple events for you, right, recently? Um, so, yes, he caddied for me this year in the Bahamas. Um, Is that your honeymoon? No, that was actually before we got married. Okay. So um, he caddied for me in the Bahamas, and we missed the cut, so our success rate wasn't that good. Um, and then uh, he caddied for me at the Vic Open um, the week before the LPGA tournament in Australia. Um, and we did pretty well there. Um but, you know, I I don't think it's going to work out in terms of him caddying for me because, you know, we can only stand so much of each other. That's why we spend so much time apart while we're on the golf course. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that whole dynamic is of great interest to me yeah. when, when the, the caddy relationship and, yeah. and the romantic relationship blends. So did, did you... Did you have to talk to him differently than you would a regular caddy or your normal grouchy self? No, I'm so people have told me that when I'm on the golf course, I am actually not the same person that they kind of know me as on off the golf course. Um, yeah. I guess you can say I'm pretty bubbly and outgoing off the golf course, but yes. I actually I do kind of turn into a witch on the golf course. But I I think I'm I think I'm just so I'm trying to be in the zone and um, I I guess I'm a little more serious. Yeah. And, um, and Pete knows that and he wasn't, he, you know, he wasn't trying to get me talking or whatever, but, um, he's, he's a fantastic caddy and, uh, gosh, he's, he's had some major success the last few weeks. So, um, yeah. That's with, with Hanan Jang, right? With Han Jang. Yeah. And he also, um, he caddied for Arya Jutanagarn last yeah. year, um, the last half of the year. She did okay. So, yeah, she did all right. <laughs> If you're into winning a million dollars, I guess, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> so would he be like, okay, it's 260 carry, here's your two iron, like, like Arya. <laughs> yeah, I had to remind him, like, look, I, I, I hit it probably 100 yards less than Arya, so, <laughs> but no, he's, um, he's very, he's very good at adjusting, um, and we play so much golf together anyway, so he knows exactly how far I'm hitting my clubs, and what kind of, what type of shots I like and you know what I what I'm probably not capable of doing which is pretty much everything that Arya can do <laughs> but um but yeah it, it was it it wasn't hard to adjust to each other at all I mean it was just like any other day that we're playing golf back at home in Atlanta that's cool yeah so what percentage of LPJ players have dated a caddy um I think the number's gone down in recent years um I don't I would say, honestly, since I've been on tour, so this is my 11th year, I probably would say I could count on two hands. Maybe 10, maybe less. Yeah. Um, there might be some that were undercover that we might not have heard of. Literally. Yeah, exactly. So, um, honestly, I mean, I, I never thought of, uh, I never thought I would date a caddy, um, much less marry one. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, we just, we just, 
just started as friends and um, just kind of snowballed from there. So it never planned it, but here we are. <laughs> okay, so you're friends, and there's yeah. a little chemistry. Yeah. And then who makes the first move? It's kind of fraught because if, if it does, if it's not reciprocated, it could be awkward. Oh, I, I'm actually, I actually made the first move. Um, I was very attracted to his personality and um, his humor. He's a very, very funny guy. Dry British humor. Um, and uh, he was, he just made me laugh and makes me smile. So what more could you want in a partner just to make you happy and make you make you smile when you're feeling sad? Um, you sound like Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> he makes me laugh. So, okay, so you like him, so give me some play-by-play. -play. I mean, this is, this is a big moment here. Um, well, so we, we actually we met um, kind of towards the end of the season um, through another caddy who was a mutual friend of ours. Um, and we didn't really spend that much time together. We just kind of we grabbed a pizza together, like the three of us, and then, um, you know, the off-season started, and we continued to text each other um, during the off-season. And we got we kind of got to know each other through social media, um, which is I guess how you meet people nowadays. Like yeah, sure. you can't meet people at a bar anymore. You just have to swipe right or sw swipe left. Um, but uh, yeah, we we kind of hit it off, um, you know, through FaceTime. Um, and then at the beginning of the year, um, I said, hey, why don't we grab some dinner in Phoenix, which is last week so yeah. it's five five years ago oh uh, your anniversary so yeah cute. it was our anniversary yeah but um but uh, i said hey um let's grab some dinner this week and he said yeah yeah that's great and then uh, i think monday monday rolled around or tuesday or whatever it was and i said hey are you still up for dinner and he texted me back and he said i can't i'm walking the course and I'm like, okay, well, walk the course and let me know when you're done. And he's like, well, just go without me. So this almost could not have been. Like he totally blew you he off. He totally blew me off. And I, I still remind him to this day, hey, you could have not had this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, he almost, he, he actually did blow me off. But then, you know, 40 minutes later, he said, okay, I'm done. And uh, we went out to get some Mexican food. And that's a favorite of ours. Love guacamole. Love Noted aphrodisiac. Food. Oh my gosh! Just straight up, just give me chips and salsa, and I'm happy. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, that was our very first kind of date. I would say he he wouldn't consider it a date. Did he know? I was gonna say, did he know it was a date? I don't think he knew it was a date. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't wearing sweatpants, so that is considered really good for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's considered dressing up for me. So, so that was, I think it was a date, but. Uh, well, he, he might say different, but... Okay. Yeah. You don't have to give us the after-dinner play-by-play. <laughs> this is a family podcast, but um, that's cute. Yeah. So, okay, there's been... Of these other couples that haven't worked out, I mean, I'm assuming it's awkward, right? If you date a caddy, it doesn't work out. You still have to share the same office space. What, what's your best story of you know, social awkwardness among former player-caddy um, relations? You know what? I think, I think there are there probably is an awkward stage right after you break up, um, especially if you're living together yeah. and you're like, you know, get your stuff, get out of my house or get out of whatever Take house. your trophies and leave. Take your trophies, leave, or, you know, take all your crap and leave. Um, I think there is an awkward stage, obviously, but, you know, people just get on with their lives. I mean, they're, 
there's so much, there is drama on our tour because we're a, a tour of ladies and we, you know, ladies carry around dra- drama wherever they go. But um, I think the drama lasts for a day or two and then people are like, all right, we're, we're over it. It's fine. Let's go on to the next thing. Um, and uh, everyone, honestly remains pretty friendly i think i think people try to keep uh, professional and for the most part people do which i think is great <laughs> that's no that's disappointing i yeah you for know me, i wish i, I wish I and had the some, listeners it's I totally wish I disappointing had some juicy stories for you but honestly if other than you know people kind of up and leaving um or all of a sudden breaking up through you know a text message um if other than that other we're we're Pretty uh, drama free. Other than that, <laughs> all right, all yeah. right, all right. So uh, you mentioned Tinder. How how many LPG players are on Tinder? Okay, so I would say I'd say more caddies are on Tinder. Obviously, <laughs> that goes without being said. Yeah, but I, mean, um, I think one of the caddies has seen another player on Tinder, and that is awesome. Yeah, and I I can only account for one. So there might be more, but um, so did he swipe left or right? The, I have no idea. I have no. Clue. I didn't really. I didn't Dude, really. You got to report these stories a little more aggressively. But you know what? There is another app called Aria. I want to say, and it's for, um, it's for celebrities. Um, maybe not like you know celebrities like Brad Pitt or whatever, but um, like athletes that want to date within a certain circle. Um, and I know a few of the players are using that. So, really? Yeah. Is there a media media division of that? A what? Media division? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard of that. That's interesting. Yeah, it's. I, I'm not sure what the spelling is, but it's called Aria. I want to say Aria, or I don't know. But I, I'm not on it, obviously. <laughs> not anymore. You shut down the account. Not anymore. Not anymore. Now that I got this thing on my finger. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you've been on tour for more than a decade. Yes. You're an old married broad now. I know. It's uh, all downhill from here. Are, are you thinking about life after golf? You know what? The last couple years, I have been thinking about life after golf. Um, just because I I know I can still play, but at the same time, do I really want to put in like as much work as I have been? Um, I think you reach a certain point where you wake up in the morning and you get out of bed and you're like, God, my bones are just hurting. My whole body hurts. Um, I definitely don't recover as quick as I used to, um, which is kind of sad, but also, you know, I feel like, I feel like I'm older and wiser. Um, I obviously spend, uh, I spend my time, uh, I'm better with time management now, um, I'm not out there practicing 10 hours a day because I, I physically cannot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been thinking about, uh, life after tour and, um, I've had a couple of people tell me that I'd be good as a commentator or I'd be good as a coach. Um, I haven't really given it that much thought, but it's kind of crept in the back of my mind. Um, I would say I, I have another five years in me max so that could be a maximum number yeah so yeah i mean you had a tremendous amateur career yeah. mm-hmm. and came out as a rookie finished 29th on the money list mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. won a couple tournaments right right and you've been just trying to get back to that that yeah. level yeah yeah so 
are you motivated? Like, okay, I, I can see there's a finite end to this career. I, I want to accomplish X, Y, and Z. Or are you discouraged? Because, man, I can't get to where I was. Well, I think, so when I first came out on tour a billion years ago, um, <laughs> the I don't think there were as many talented players, or the talent level wasn't as deep as it is now. I mean, the girls nowadays just are fearless. They'll go at every pin especially the young ones. I mean, the young ones are just, they're, they're fearless. They go at everything and they putt aggressively. And I love playing with them because they kind of remind me of how I used to play golf. Um, before you realized how hard it before is. Before I realized how hard it is. And before I realized that it's actually, you know, a very difficult game. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, it's amazing to watch these young girls just, you know, it's just balls to the wall every day. And it's, it's, it's honestly, it's humbling. Um, and it, it kind of takes me back to, to how I used to play. But like you said, when you get a few years under your belt and you go through those tumultuous up and downs, you kind of, it's hard to pull yourself back up out of that. Um, and I have several times before, like at the end of last year, I was on the verge of losing my card and, um, played fantastic at Evian and I was able to keep it and uh and keep my full status this year so so it's hard it's really hard I mean when I think back on 11 years I'm I'm like where did that time go and you try to remember the good memories um but as a default I think people think of the negatives and like and really stew on the hard times um a little too much but um you know, that's something that I'm still learning to do is to try to remember the good times and um, capitalize on them and build on them. Would you consider watching old videos of your U.S. Amateur with? Um, you know, my dad has a video somewhere. It's a VHS. So, I mean, I don't have a VHS. I don't know who does anymore. <laughs> um, I could probably call ESPN and ask him for a copy. Um, it was a simpler time. Yeah. It was a simpler time when my brain wasn't filled with, uh, you know, different memories of different shots that I've hit, um, that kind of haunt me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, yeah, I would, I would consider watching just for old time's sake, for sure. I mean, Jordan Speed did that earlier this year. He queued up some, some, it wasn't, it wasn't oh, going man. back a decade, but. Oh, man, I could watch him putt all day. Yeah, sure. It's just amazing. Yeah. I watched him putt at the Masters last year. Um, on the practice screen, and I just watched him hit 20-footer after 20-footer, perfect speed, dead weight, right into the center of the cup. It's just so impressive. Yeah. Ugh, it's just the best. If you have a week off, will you watch the PGA Tour or the LPGA Tour? I'll watch the PGA Tour. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty. It makes sense. First, I mean, you get tired of these chicks. You want you want something different. Yeah, you know, I, I would say watching the guys live in person is really difficult for me because I'm not, my eyes are not used to seeing a ball travel that fast. I honestly, I can't even see the ball. Um, I, I love watching them on TV though, because obviously the camera picks up, um, whatever the ball does. But, um, I would say there's just, there's, there's a lot of things that the guys can do that I physically can't. Sure. Um, like, swing it 120 miles an hour, you know, that's something that I can never, ever relate to. And I just find it so amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I can learn from their short game. I, I feel like they're more aggressive, 
um, in terms of their shots around the green. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just just watching them, it's just, I can, all, I can learn something from anyone that I'm watching on the men's tour and obviously on the women's tour as well. But um, it's, always, it's always cool watching the guys, always. Yeah. You said it a minute ago, that, you know, the shots that haunt you. Is yeah. That, are, are, you, are there specific shots that will creep um, into your brain? Not, well, I wouldn't say anything um, that has haunted me my whole career. But, you know, like if I'm thinking of last week, um, I played fantastic, and then I, you know, I hit a bad club on, on uh, the 17th hole, and I made double. And it kind of cost me, um, like, a top 20 finish. But, um, you know, I'll kind of stew on that for a little bit and, you know, just be a little disappointed in myself. But, um, you know, come, come Thursday, I'll be, I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll be in, in this week, hopefully, mentally. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you probably hit dozens of great shots. Why, yes. don't, you th- why don't you think about those, Jane? I, you know what? That's, that's what we have a mental coach for sometimes, just <laughs> to tell us, you know, you're actually really good. Just forget about everything that you've done that you, you're disappointed in. And it's, that's, that's the hardest part, I think, is to um, get, your, get your frame of mind right every week. That's... Uh, that's probably the most difficult thing that I I think that I've I've dealt with in my career. Have you always had a mental coach? Not always. I've had um like when I was at UCLA, we had a guy named um, Jeff Troche. He's still there. Yeah, I know the name. Yeah, Jeff Troche is uh he's he was actually my first mental coach, and um I think the freshman class going in it was myself, Tiffany Joe, Ryan O'Toole, um. And we were the three freshmen coming in. That is such a stellar crew. And you know what? We were all so crazy, just in our from our backgrounds, like because we were so babied and spoon fed um, before school. Um, I honestly did not know how to do laundry when I got to UCLA. I was just clueless, clueless. I did not know time management because my, you know, my dad had me do everything that uh that he wanted me to do in terms of practice and wake up sleep eat whatever um but yeah going going to school that was that was a new chapter in my life where I had to learn how to grow up very quickly but um but in terms of mental coaches Jeff was my first one and he honestly just told me you're a fantastic golfer and you're crazy (laughs) And the only thing you need to work on is staying present, which is really difficult to do. It's I, I try I catch myself on the golf course about probably a hundred times, maybe more, just to tell, remind myself to stay present and not think about oh I need to make birdie or I need to break par or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's the. That's the whole gist of golf, I guess, is to try to stay present. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, you've been playing big-time golf for 15-plus years, going yeah. back to your amateur days. And yeah. It's st- still the the same basic challenge. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, everyone's got that little voice in their head, you know, and it, it will never go away, but I think I'm getting better at living with that voice because you can't, you can't really turn it off. It's not like a switch you can turn on and off, but... Um, if you recognize that the voice is there and you tell it, you tell it to kind of screw off a little bit while I hit the shot. And then, um, that's pretty much my goal every week is to quiet the voices in my head and let my natural ability come out because I mean, everyone that plays on tour has fantastic ability. Um, I think the, 
girls that do well week after week, they're just so much better at controlling what's in their brain. Um, and uh, I'll keep I'll keep learning. I'll keep learning week after week. <laughs> what does that voice sound like? Um, it it honestly it just sounds like a bunch of different things like uh, don't do this or don't do that or make sure you do this. It's just it's like a nagging voice telling me reminding me of a billion things that I need to do but once I kind of realize that it's happening and I kind of let set it aside um I usually hit a pretty good shot <laughs> normally it'd be great if like you know ways how you can you can put like T-Pain's voice on there or right? something like if you could change that voice that's why a lot of um a lot of the mental coaches nowadays they tell you to sing a song they tell you to recite a poem I mean anything to keep your brain from flapping away to a different direction anything at all <laughs> I mean what, what do you think would drive you off the tour quicker the the physical challenge or, or the emotional um, scars I think it's I think both are pretty equal I mean obviously if you're not healthy then it's pretty difficult to compete week after week um, if you if you look at the cuts nowadays they're a lot lower i mean last week we had a cut of five under i want to say that was was, i mean the course was playing you know pretty easy but um that was incredible just watching our tour grow in terms of the quality of golf um that was incredible i mean that i wonder what the lowest pga tour cut has ever been do you know i think that was it six under yeah really yeah i'm telling you (laughs) <laughs> the girls are good the girls yeah. are really good what does that tattoo on your wrist say oh, it says resilient um, I got this when did I get this it's probably been about seven years um, and I was with my best friend up in Northridge um, I was at her house and I think it was the off season yeah it was the off season and uh, we were talking about tattoos and I said hey let's I'll just go get one right now and she said are you serious I said, yeah. Well, so we hopped in the car, went up the road to a tattoo parlor, and I said, I want this. And then hopefully it'll serve as a reminder of, um, you know, all the ups and downs in a career and just to stay resilient. So, I mean, when you're over the ball, you can see it, right? Honestly, I don't see it anymore because it's just I'm so used to used to it. Yeah. So, But, you know, people always ask me about it. Um, and I'll see it every now and then when I look down at my hands. But... Um, but yeah, I I don't see it anymore. I, I used to be able to see it all the time, but um, <laughs> I'm thinking of getting another one, but I don't know what. We shall see. Don't make it a hummingbird. I'm thinking a tramp stamp. <laughs> Just a big one, like that comes all the way to my stomach, too. <laughs> that, that would actually be cool. And you could wear like a little crop shirt so on every backswing, <laughs> we'd see it. Uh, yeah, TV coverage would go up for sure. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> A lot of girls have tattoos. I don't know if you know that. I'd like, of, to, I'd like to know. A lot of girls on our tour have tattoos. Um, most of them are hidden pretty well. Um, you know, a lot of girls wear sleeves yeah. um, to keep the sun off their skin. Um, I'd say there are some girls that you'd be surprised that have tattoos. Give me a list. I can't give you a list. Why not? I'll just, okay, Lydia has got a few. Yeah. Um, she might have some where you can't see. In some nether regions? No, 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 not nether regions. No, no. She's 
<laughs> her mom would kill her. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lydia. I, I shouldn't have even gone there. I'd like to formally apologize. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's some girls with tattoos out there. What's the worst tattoo on tour? The worst tattoo? I know that. I know that Sarah Jane has one that she absolutely regrets getting, but what is it of? I mean, it's it's an infinity sign right here. Yeah. And it's. I think her husband has one on too. her forearm. Yeah. On her forearm, and um, I think her husband has a matching one. And she, yeah. anytime she looks at it, she just goes, Ugh, "Why did I get that?" Because she doesn't <laughs> like her husband that much. No, she's just like that was so stupid. Like, why would I? Why did I get that? And she just always looks at it and just goes, "Oh God, I hate it." <laughs> I'm like, well, you're stuck with it forever. <laughs> Are there any creative tattoos? Creative. You know, I actually really like. Lydia's because she had her the date of her first win. Yeah, in like Roman numerals, right? Yes, in Roman numerals. I want to say it's on her right, it's on her right wrist. But um, she showed me it, and I said, "Oh my God, that's really cool. That's really neat." And you know, it's uh, it's original. And she said, "Oh yeah, it's the date of my first win," and I said well, if you're going to keep winning, you are going to have a big sleeve of tattoos on your arm. <laughs> that would be amazing. And you should get it colored in and get some koi fish in there and, like, get, like, I love mom right here. Yeah, but she's, uh, I don't I don't think she's gotten another tattoo since then. Maybe she, maybe she has. I'm not sure. She keeps it covered up pretty well. <laughs> so if and when you break through and win a tournament, you're definitely getting a tattoo to commemorate it? I don't know. I might get your face tattooed on my uh, on my tramp stamp area. <laughs> Why is that so funny? That I don't would, know. that would actually be cool. I don't know. Well, Pete, Pete'll have to see it anytime. <laughs> Only in certain moments, really. Only in certain moments. <laughs> what is that on your back? <sighs> well, it's my favorite person, Alan. <laughs> actually, you know, I'm from Salinas, California. Yep. Repping the eight three one and two thousand six or nineteen ninety six at UCLA. UCLA? Oh, yeah. You flatter me. Ninety six. I share a hometown with John Steinbeck, so I've actually, if I ever, if I was ever to get a tattoo, I think I'd get like his mug on my brawny bicep because that that would be pretty cool. <laughs> oh my god, do you have any tattoos? I don't. Oh, okay. We're I'm not cool enough. That. We're gonna have to fix that. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I've made it this far. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe like the SI logo. How about yeah, yeah. But, but the, and then I could like maybe get some sort of royalties. Just off get of an it. just get an S like a Superman S on your chest for ship. Uh, actually, the Superman S, but make it SI. That would that would be kind of cool. Hello, yeah. All right, we're well, going right now after we're done with this. <laughs> I'll have my business people contact a magazine <laughs> and see how that works. I mean, the idea of you like not being on tour—it's hard to imagine because I don't think anyone enjoys the life out here more, or, or so it seems. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I would say I try to make every week as fun as possible um, and as relaxing as possible. Um, I really like to go to local eateries, obviously, because I'm a big foodie, um, and uh, it's really hard to find a good balance out here sometimes because some of the girls don't have anything to do other than practice so then they spend 10 hours out there and then they're pooped by the time Thursday comes around um yeah I'm, I'm not one to spend too much time out on the golf course because I like to explore the local town and um you know meet people uh 
and uh, there's an ocean right here. I mean, why not spend some time on the ocean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I gained like 10 pounds just following you on Twitter. You, you, your, yeah. your food obsession yeah. is well chronicled. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. My, uh, my uh, favorite food is sushi, and I uh, had some last night at an amazing place. Um, it's kind of got an R-rated name to it. Let's hear it. You can say it. It's called Sushi Coochie. I need a hat. I kid you not. It's called Sushi Coochie. How did, how did they, and well, I've always wondered the proper spelling of Coochie. How do they spell it? It's spelled with a K. K-U-C-H-I. <laughs> and, I mean, it's awesome food, but when you go in there, just the jokes do not stop. <laughs> just awful. <laughs> Especially because it's sushi. I mean, yes, exactly. <laughs> Let's move on. So, have 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 you ever had sushi for breakfast? Um, yes, I have. That's just not right. It's there's nothing wrong with it. It's awesome. It's the best thing ever. Um, yeah, I've gotten some uh, fresh salmon from the store and put it in the fridge and saved it for the morning. So you make your own? No, 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 no. no. I mean, no. it's, it's the pre-packaged. pre-made rolls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've always been afraid to buy those at the store. It just seems a little janky. You know what? Uh, I would say seven out of ten times it's pretty good, but the other oh the other three you could oh, die. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I would risk it because I love it that much. So when the tour is like in Japan, mm-hmm. have you ever gone just totally crazy? Bonkers. Yeah. Absolutely bonkers. They What's have... the most you've ever spent on a sushi meal in Japan? In Japan or you anywhere? Know, I know what I haven't spent. I haven't had that much sushi in Japan. We had during the pro am party. They will fly in. They will bring in a gigantic tuna and and cut it up for you right there and just have it fresh, which is, I mean, second to none. But the most I've ever spent on sushi, I, I bought my friend's dinner and we spent I spent like six hundred dollars on sushi. Not too bad. That's Everyone's accept- having a few beers. And yeah, that's acceptable. Some fish or whatever, but I'm not that big of a spender. I'm pretty frugal. Yeah, <laughs> and. You know, Michelle's had some fun posting videos of eating Absolutely. live squid. And not, yeah. have you gone down that road? I have had like live squid before. I it's it's good. I mean, if you can get over the fact that it's squirming and like suctioning itself to your throat on the way down. See, I don't think I could get over that. You know what? You just have to chew it a bit to kill the squid, and then you know it's 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 a little chewy and it's got a really good flavor to it. I think. Do you believe that a squid is a sentient being that has thoughts and feelings? Yeah, but not when it enters my mouth. <laughs> you don't feel guilty that you you just you, no. this squid had dreams, okay? Yeah, had aspirations. Yeah, well, cows have dreams too, but we have we have steak every day. Yeah, but you don't put a whole cow in your mouth. I could. <laughs> you don't know that I can't. <laughs> I mean, we drink milk. We you know we we eat cows. We eat chickens. I mean. I, I mean, I won't, like, go on YouTube and, like, look up slaughtering videos if that's what you're asking. No, I hope. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely would not enjoy watching a cow getting slaughtered, but I do enjoy eating them. <laughs> like a lot of people. I'm yes. not I'm not judging. Yeah. I'm just saying that putting a live thing in my mouth and then eating it, is that's that might be a bridge too far. Yeah. Well, I mean, we do some weird stuff in Korea. Like, what else? Um, There's... Like roach candy, like they'll have can like little roaches just covered in sugar, and you can just take a bite at it. Um, I've I've had a few crickets, but yeah, roach roaches are a little too meaty. I think. Uh, I haven't tried it, so I'm not I'm not that adventurous. 
I don't really like rodents or you know bugs. Oof. Yeah, bugs don't. Bugs and I don't mix. Well, the thing about like if you know if you go like a Oaxacan Mexican place, they have the crickets, but it's all the spices and the other things. Exactly. It's, it's just a little crunch, a little fiber, but <laughs> the yeah, I think I think a roach would would be a little too thick, and chewy. Yeah, I'm not gonna find out. I'm I'm good. I thought I thought you're so. All of a sudden now now you become a, a food prude. Bugs, yeah, bugs and I. Uh, I don't like spiders. I don't like bugs at all. So. So what's um, the dodgiest thing you've ever eaten? You know what? I was in Korea and my uncle tricked me into eating stew that was made from a dog. And. I sat there and I was like, oh, well, this is not bad. It's a little gamey, but uh, it's not bad. So kind of halfway through the meal, he said, oh, yeah, you're eating dog, by the way. And I said, oh, my God, I'm eating Fido. This is so bad. Um, yeah, I would say that's kind of, that was that was pretty what bad. What did he say that it was? He just said it was some kind of, like, a beef stew, and I believed him because, you know, why would you never why would you not believe your uncle, right? I mean, he wouldn't steer me wrong, but he obviously did. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't that good. It was a little gamey. Gamey. Mm. Every time I look at a dog, no, I'm going to think that it's not man's best friend. It's actually a slightly gamey. Yes. Flavor note. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I wouldn't recommend it. This has escalated quickly. Let's talk about something cheerier. Now, (laughs) I have it on good authority that you're the best twerker on tour. Oh my God. Did Tina say that? You know, I can't, I'm not at liberty to reveal my sources, okay? You'd have to get a court order. And... It's, been, it's been years since I've twerked. Um, I would say I could twerk with the best of them in my heyday. But I haven't done it in a while. I'm a married woman. <laughs> married women can still drop it down real low. I can. And you know what? I probably will in, in a few weeks when I go to um, a wedding in Nantucket. Ooh, that might be too classy a setting. I don't think you can twerk on Nantucket. Oh, hell yeah, I can. You can? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you have a favorite song? Um, a favorite song? Um, I wouldn't say I have a favorite song I could twerk to, but anything anything hip-hop with a good beat, I could probably break it down. <laughs> have you ever, do you ever see that video of Michelle after she won the Open? Oh, yeah. Can you do the upside down against the wall handstand oh, yeah. twerk? Oh, yeah. So that's, oh, yeah. that's next level. Oh, yeah. I have a video I can show you later that I, yeah, I did it at a bachelor party. Okay, so since you've now teased the, the listeners, we're going to put that on the internet. No! Yeah, that's going no, to accompany this podcast. We can't. We can't. I, I don't think Mike Wan would be very happy about that. It's about Mike Wan wants to connect with the fans. Yeah, but um, I don't think he wants me to show that part of me. <laughs> It's I think, a bit I think, R-rated. <laughs> I think we should let the readers decide. You know, it's the marketplace of I ideas. There might be some readers that might enjoy that video, but you know, we have a lot of like girls golfers, and you know, last week we had girls golf Phoenix, and a lot of cute little girls coming up to me, and I I can't reveal that. I'll maybe show it to you later. <laughs> well, obviously, I'm gonna watch it. I could do a whole. I could write 800 words about this video. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. All right. So what are the weird things that have happened to you from fans in the gallery? Um, I've signed someone's chest before, which isn't that weird. Male or female? Um, male. Oh. Yeah. 
I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> eh, it's all right. Um, he was really hairy, though, which was proved a little hard. But um, um, I've had a guy ask for my shoes um, kind of right after my round. I was like, Speaking of gamey. I was like, I would, but I, I kind of need to, like, walk to my car, and it's a little rainy out, like, you know. Um, I've had that happen. Um, Twitter stalking is real. Twitter's kind of weird. Um, yeah, I've heard a lot of stories. What was your experience? Well, I had, I had a guy start tweeting me, and his his handle was so weird. It was Richard Pooh, as in P O O H, and he he would call himself Richard Pooh, and uh, I you know I I posted this photo of me watching TV. My I had no socks on, and I had like. My dog was, like, in my lap. My Well, not my mom's dog, but... Dog was in my lap. I was watching the Lakers play. And I posted a picture of, like, lazy Sunday afternoon, whatever. And he tweeted me back, and he was obsessed with my feet. Obsessed with my toes. Will you peel off your sock right now? Sure. They're not, they're not done, but they're just normal feet. They're, yeah, they're normal. They're normal feet. And they were, and I, I, I might have had like pink polish on them or something, but he was obsessed with my feet. I and love how then, you just did that, by the way. I mean, no hesitation. Whatever. I'm, I've got no shoes on, so this is bare all. This is bare all time. Uh, yeah, we're going deep here. <laughs> but um, he was obsessed with my feet, and then he became obsessed with me, and he would send me tweets of photos and or portraits that he's drawn of me. Wow. Yeah. Did your feet figure prominently intense. in them? What's that? Were your feet like a prominent part of no, these portraits? No, no. But he would tweet me every day about how cute my feet are. He would call them my, my feetsy-poos or something. Oh, my God. Why didn't just... you block him? I did. And then he would make another handle with, like, Richard Poo 1 on it and just tweet me again. Um, he he's, driven, he's drawn, like, probably two or three portraits of me, sent them to me, you know, Ask for a response, like, what do you think of my picture? What do you think of my drawing? And I wouldn't respond because, obviously, it's creepy. Um, <laughs> obviously. It's so weird. Um, and that's when, that's kind of when my Twitter presence fell a I lot. Know. I don't I, tweet at that much anymore. Um, because of Richard Pooh? No, not just because of Richard Pooh, but um, I've also had people attack me for certain things that I tweet. Yeah. Um, well, that's part of the game. And, you know, yeah, which is which is part of the game. I should probably get back into it. You I, should. We miss you. I know. Everyone, everyone says that. Everyone's like, we miss your tweets. And I'll get a few tweets a week from people saying, oh, why are you so quiet? Why haven't you tweeted in so long? Um, but... I don't know. Maybe I should get back into it. This might be this might be my comeback this week. Okay. Um, well, if if that that'll be one of my great contributions to society if I can get you back on Twitter. I mean, so one of one of my most favorited tweets was last year when Jordan, you know, had a, a bit of a meltdown at the Masters. Yes. And I have nothing but the utmost respect for any golfer. Yes. I mean, I am not malicious in any way. I'm not trying to be malicious. I love this in any caveat. Way. I know this is going to be good. I'm not I'm not being malicious in any way. I have nothing but respect and the utmost respect for all the male golfers and all female golfers. But I took you know, 
I was watching this meltdown happening, and obviously the entire world just jaws are on the floor yes. watching this, and it's like a, it's just a train wreck that you just know it's going to happen. It was riveting. Just yeah. watching. I mean, and so, you know, 10 minutes after he finished on 18, he's in Butler Cabin, and he's, you know, putting the jacket on Danny Willett. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. And... I took a I took a photo of Jordan looking at Danny like during during the presentation and I just tweeted something I'm sure you, you might have seen it um you know Jordan's looking at Danny not in a not in a hateful way but he was he was upset with himself it's emotional yeah yeah and I captioned it like this is the look I give to someone stealing my fries and people thought it was hilarious. Most people thought it was hilarious. This one lady just absolutely went off on me. Like, you have no respect for golfers. Like, I can't believe you are saying this. Like, who are you even? And that's when I was like, okay, well, my sense of humor might not. It probably rubs a lot of people the wrong way. So maybe I shouldn't shouldn't tweet anymore. <laughs> I mean, I think I, that's great. Might have been hashtag too soon, but it's still, I like it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I was trying to alleviate the situation almost because I felt so bad. And you know what? I've I've never had a chance to win a major championship. Like I'm not obvi- I'm obviously not bagging him in any way. I mean, I I love watching him play golf. He's one of my favorite players. But I just thought, you know, everyone's just like, oh my god, he lost the Masters, blah blah blah. And I figured I'd just put something out that may make people laugh. Maybe it was a little too soon. <laughs> I appreciate the effort. Here's the thing. This is my always my philosophy, not just on Twitter and anything. Don't worry about the people who don't get it. Just worry about the people who do. They're going to appreciate it, and no one else matters. Yeah. You know, I, I, don't, I don't like to tweet about mundane things. Like, no. I woke up and had an egg sandwich today. Like, who the hell cares, like, what I had for breakfast? Who the hell cares, you know, what I'm doing or whatever. But, uh I don't know. I like to tweet when I think, when I see something or see something that I think I can put a clever spin to and make people laugh. Um, I've had a lot of people tweet me and say, hey, your tweet honestly just made my day or I was having a crappy day and I read your tweet and I laughed out loud for like 10 minutes and that makes me happy. I'm I'm glad I could do that. Um, But I feel like I walk a thin line because I've had someone at ping my main sponsor yes indeed um someone from the uh tour department you know we were all in a room all the staffers were in the room and he says he's addressing us all and he says i watch you guys week in week out we live and die by your birdies and your bogeys and we follow your social media. And he was looking right at me. We follow your social media. And we know everything that you're doing. And we, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, I'm covering my face. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's talking to me, isn't he? So that, you know, those couple incidents made me tone down my Twitter a little bit. But you know what? I might make a comeback. I might make a comeback. Don't let the man keep you under his thumb, I Jane. <laughs> I feel like more people enjoy my Twitter more than, you know. That's all that matters. I dislike it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I need to keep it. I need to keep it clean because, you know, social media wasn't a thing five years ago. You know, Twitter wasn't that big. Um, but now everyone's on social media. So 
back when I was tweeting a lot, sponsors didn't really know. Like, you know, I, I could just say whatever the hell I want and, you know, people would get a laugh out of it. And if I can get people to laugh, then that's honestly the only reason why I do it. Um, but, you know, now that Ping's got me under their thumb, <laughs> I can't really... Ultimately... Ping wants you to connect with fans. Yes. They, they want to move product. Yes. And if you're just sitting on your thumbs. Yes. I mean, other, silently, you know, you're not helping them. You know what? Other than the, the tweets about, you know, like thanking Ping or, you know, pushing a new product. Boring. It's, yeah. It's been. I've, Nobody my, cares about those. My, my Twitter game's gone down like yeah. it's drastic. Didn't you once refer to Luke Donald's ghetto booty? No, I, th- I don't think it was Luke Donald. No, in fact, it was Luke Donald. Was it? <laughs> I'm positive. Is it me? I quoted you in my story about Luke Donald. He does have a nice booty. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's why you're watching the PG Tour telecast. It's, it's not for swing tips. Um, It's for swing tips, but also they're nice to look at. You know, most of the golfers are very fit. <laughs> what is a ghetto booty exactly? Um, my husband has one. Okay. Um, you've met Pete before. I have. Yes, very briefly. But we were at dinner, so he was sitting on his ghetto booty, so you wouldn't, we weren't able to see it. Yeah, I didn't make a careful study, (laughs) but. I feel like next time you pass Pete, you should just, just look around just, just to see if you can, you can see it. You can, I mean, I can see it from here. He's not even like in the vicinity. That's how ghetto booty it is. Um, yeah, I mean, ghetto booty, who? Who on the PGA Tour has ghetto booty? Vicky Hurst. She has like a fit ghetto booty though. She has a fit one. You know who I really, whose booty I really, st- I still to this day enjoy, and she's five months pregnant. Paige McKenzie. <laughs> Hi Paige, I love you. <laughs> yeah, she's she's amazing. She's beautiful, and she's a great person. So. Okay, but we're talking about so let's just let's just run through the best booties on tour. It seems like we've arrived at this point. We just best, gotta go all the way. Best booties. Gosh, I haven't thought about this in a while. Like being married, it just like I don't really think about these things anymore. Because I feel like I'm not allowed to. But Are you uh, kidding? You when you're married, you have to. That's all you have. <laughs> um Best Booty. God, I'm really slacking. I, I don't really notice those things anymore you know what comes to mind right now best calves <laughs> all right fine we'll go there um and it's on a caddy i'm so much less interested <laughs> <laughs> you just you just lost me completely oh my god okay okay fine best booty you know what vicky vicky is right up there um i think brooke henderson has a very cute figure um she looks amazing in pants, and it's hard to make pants look good. And she wears tight pants, and I'm like, damn, girl, you're, like, beautiful. Um, Tiff has a good booty. <laughs> She's got that surfer's butt. Um, let's see, who else? Obviously, Ryan O'Toole. She's beautiful. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, can't really think of anything right now. Okay. Yeah. It's an acceptable list. Yeah. Yeah. It's mildly disappointing, but acceptable. Lydia has a good butt too. She does. She's got like a sneaky good butt. She doesn't. She doesn't dress it up. 
as much as I w- want her to, you know? <laughs> I mean, she she's only, like, 10, so she can't really wear, like, <laughs> slutty stuff. But, I mean, she's got a beautiful figure. Why am I... Okay, we're not talking about this anymore. <laughs> well, you know, like some, some golfers are, like, sneaky long, so she yeah. has a sneaky good butt. Oh, yeah, she's got a sneaky good butt. Yeah. Yeah. Best butt, I think, ever on our tour. She doesn't play on tour anymore. Minnie Bloomquist. Really? Do you remember that name? Uh, I, absolutely. She has a five-minute ass. Do you know what that means? <laughs> I know you're going to tell me. She Well, she walks in, her ass walks in five minutes later. That's how amazing <laughs> ghetto it was. It was just amazing. I mean, her butt moved as a separate entity from her body. It floated behind her. And you know what? All the girl, like girls, guys, anyone, just, you know, when she walks by... They're always looking, and they're, like, just admiring from afar. Amazing, amazing butt. You know I'm heading right to YouTube after this. You, I mean, you need, she's beautiful, too. She's from Finland. Yeah, yeah. No, I, rem- I remember, but for, I, I can't really, oh my God. I can't conjure. Ellen, the best butt ever. Okay. Jeez. I mean, if I could have a pillow that was made out of her butt or, like, shaped like her butt, I would sleep like a baby for the rest of my life. <laughs> this has escalated quickly. It's escalated, yeah, really quickly. Well, you you opened the door, and I just busted right through it. So I don't even remember which door I opened. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know either. We were talking about like food, and now we're talking about butts. This is great. <laughs> it always goes down to butts. It's always I'm I'm a butt person. I like butts. <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> okay, so I have to set the scene for the readers. We're, we're in some tracked neighborhood here in Carlsbad. Mm-hmm. We're sitting on the porch. You can hear mm-hmm. someone's got a, like a saw going in their garage. Yeah. We heard a leaf blower. Yeah. Cars have come Cars are gone. coming by, yeah. It, it's very suburban. So is this your thing when you travel, you try and Airbnb it and play house a little bit? Yes, I do love to Airbnb it. Um, recently, they're costs have gone up quite a bit because I think they're taking um, business away from local hotels so they started taxing their um, their billets a lot more but um, this billets. one so now billets. are you going to start using all English slang now I, w- I you're say half British. so many weird things now Alan it's so bad like what else I say toilet yeah bin <laughs> as, it, as in trash can yeah it's a trash can but I, I call it bin sometimes um I've picked up on some of his inflections. Yeah. I'll s- say things with an upward inflection sometimes, and I'm like, why am I, why am I You're doing that? You're so posh. That? I, no, I'm not posh at all. I'm, I got married in a $60 dress. <laughs> Are you calling, like, guys like geezers? No. Um, mate yeah. is, is a good... Is Solid. A, is a good word. Um, you know, I... The Brits have their separate language and lingo um and their curse words are just so funny i'm a huge fan of wanker i use that all the time <laughs> that's a good one it's so that's good a good one i actually um one of the caddies a uh, good friend of mine uh tom watson caddies for so young he and i are good friends we call each other terrible things like every what? time um this morning i called him a wank stain Wings. Okay, that's that's turning as it up was, a notch. As he was walking by, it was like seven in the morning. I'm like, hey, Wingsday. He's like, Jay Park. He's from Australia, so. What else? What, um, what's your go-to insult? Um, that's a good one. 
The other ones I really can't say. No, you can't. It's I a really, podcast. I, you can say whatever you want. I can't. I can't. You know what? Like the, the ping reps, they stopped <laughs> listening a long time ago. They're so bored. They're gone. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> They're like, who listens to podcasts anyway? Um, I can't. I can't say it. It's just so derogatory. I can't. Okay, just spell it. Um, it starts with a C. That's all I'll say. And then, and then it goes U-N-T? <laughs> See you next Tuesday. <laughs> it is actually Tuesday. How cool. <laughs> because the, the use of that word in among the Brits is fantastic. It has a lot of different meanings. You it has a what? lot of nuance. It's, it, it's not... It's pretty derogatory here, but I don't think it's as derogatory... In the UK. No, it's a little affectionate. Because it, it actually just, they just say it, like, uh, when they're at the grocery store, like, doing nothing. Well, and men will use it about other guys. Yes. It's kind of like, yes. it's almost celebratory. Like, yeah. It's almost yeah. like, stands in for almost like rascal, kind That's, of. like Exactly. But yeah. if you call someone that in our circle of friends, you're being affectionate. You're being affectionate. You love someone. So you call them and see you next Tuesday. That's how we roll. <laughs> Let me hear it with a British accent. Then it's not offensive. Um, it's really it. There's really no accent that comes with saying. I'm just trying to trick it. you into saying it. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it. I bet you will. I but won't. Before this is over, you're gonna say it. Maybe after the mic's turned off. Okay, I just turned it off. No, you didn't. <laughs> Here, let me press a few buttons. Okay, now it's off. No, 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 I'm not gonna say it. Not gonna say it. <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> you can. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. Do you know how many people would are cheering for you right now to say it? No, I can't. I can't. Ping would be so disappointed. <laughs> There's always someone listening. There's someone listening. Someone who knows Mr. Solheim is probably <laughs> listening and being like, you know that Jade Park, you know, she said something bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know where we can go from here. I think we should just end this because we this is a fever wow. pitch. Like I don't I don't think there's anywhere to go. I feel like we've reached the pinnacle here, Alan. I think we talked have. about butts and and uh, the c word. There's really, we almost didn't talk about any golf at all. Should we talk no. about a little golf? Go ahead. Whatever questions you have, I'm here. I'm no, free for the rest of the day. I don't care. It's so boring. <laughs> I want to ask you: Have you read Tiger's book? No, because I have sat through two decades of that wanker's press conferences, <laughs> and I just can't. I can't do it. I read the first uh, few pages as a sample on my yeah. book on my phone last night. Dreadfully boring. It's, it's, not that well written, in my opinion. But maybe it gets better as the book goes on. Yeah, I just there's Tiger has, has no depth mm. publicly. In, 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 in his heart of hearts, who knows? Maybe he's deeper than the Grand Canyon. But as far as anything for the public, there's just there's she just won't go there. And so he's a very private person. But fine. Then why write a book? Yeah, that's if, true. If you're gonna put yourself out there, then write a, a book and just let it be. Let it rip. I don't know. Maybe he'll write something about that night when he crashed his car. That would be riveting. If he would really get down and dirty about the whole if thing. If he'd be honest about it. He'd be so brutally honest. It would be incredible. Yeah. But you but, know what? I'm probably going to buy his book and I'm going to read it because he's Tiger Woods. 
Well, that's what they're banking on. And you know what? As So you're an enabler. You're letting him be boring. Hey, he's Tiger Woods. He could be whatever the hell he wants to be. He's... I mean, I'll read it just because... You're going to read it. It's my job you're to gonna read it. You're going to read it. <laughs> well, I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to let someone send me one for free. <laughs> I, I can't support... No, that's not true. Maybe um, you could buy the audiobook and then you can listen to him. Do you think he'll actually his do it? Book. No, probably not. You know what would be awesome if Fluff did it? Like that main accent? Like that would be cool. Uh, or Elon, if Elon did it. I don't that know. That would be amazing. <laughs> wow, I have to think about that. Oh, man. Who's, who's got the most annoying accent on the LPJ tour? Annoying accent? Yeah. Um, like if you're paired with this person, you're like, oh, I have to listen to that accent for two days. We don't really talk that much when we're playing, but I find I find when I go to Australia, I find Australian accents super annoying because they sound really ditzy. Not saying that, you know, the Australians on tour are ditzy. I love you, Sarah Jane. But everyone has, it's, how you doing, mate? Mate? Did you get enough to eat? I mean, everything is just upward, and I'm like, why is everything a question? Why? Why can't you speak like a normal person? I thought an Austrian accent would work with the birds, but no. I don't know. I mean, I just find it, I find it annoying, but but people are there. People are so hot there. I mean, that they can get away with sounding stupid because they're so pretty. The men are pretty. The women are pretty. I mean, they're beautiful, tan. <laughs> Muscular. <laughs> yeah, if you like that kind of thing. Yeah, if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> I'm into boot and into booty, so. Yes, <laughs> that's been established. Oh man. Well, okay. I feel like let, let's just end with this. What are the best booties on the PGA tour? Because we didn't even go there. Best booties on the PGA tour. This could be instructive. Oh man. Okay. Booties so you, you, on the PGA. You know what? You're not even discriminating. You just like them all. I honestly you're just a I hobbyist. Like, I like I like butts and I cannot lie. I do. I do. Um best booties on the PGA. Obviously Camilla Camillo Viegas has a very nice butt. Um I think Rory has a nice butt. Um Jordan has a nice butt. I mean anyone in the top 50 I mean, I do not discriminate with butts. <laughs> if you've got a crack, then you've got a butt. And if you've got a butt, I like. <laughs> okay, well, we're clearly going to end it with that. <laughs> okay, I guess so. <laughs> this has been an... I don't want to say pleasure because that, that could be taken the wrong way. This has been enjoyable. Thank you. I enjoyed it very, well, very much, too. <laughs> <laughs> This is gone. I can't wait for people to ask me, hey, how was your talk? Oh, we talked about see you next Tuesday and butts. This has gone so far off the rails, this... but this is what we need. <laughs> I mean, on the PJ Tour, like, it, it would be a branding opportunity, and guys would be telling me about their new product. And, right. Yeah, this this is so much better. I Thank you for doing this. I like Patrick Reed's butt, too. I mean, okay, now that I, I like all butts. You really don't. I, I do. mean, you're not a discriminating viewer. No, because, no. not that I spent a lot of time thinking about these things, but Patrick Reed's butt is kind of sloppy. It's a butt. <laughs> it's a lot of butt. I like big butts. <laughs> I like your butt. I'm sitting. You can't even see it. <laughs> I know you have a butt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. I'm, I'm going to stop recording now. <laughs> okay. because 
Who knows what's coming next? Oh, the fun stuff will come next after we're done. <laughs> All right. Jane, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having I me. I think. <laughs> and you know what? It's, we're not drinking. No, this it's, is 11 like, o'clock on a Tuesday. I know. Can you imagine? I'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ending this now. Okay. You, you have okay. to stop talking. Okay, okay. done. <laughs> well, there you have it. Quite a lively and somewhat random, but undeniably fun chat with Jane Park. This is Alan Shipnuck of The Knockdown signing off from Carlsbad, California. Thanks for enduring this and making it to the bitter end. I hope it was worth it. We'll be back again with another podcast soon. Thanks. Mm-hmm.